This is the MG Car Club Podcast with Wayne Scott and Adam Sloman. This week, we hear from MG Car Club President John Day on his memories of the club, the cars he's owned, and some of the adventures he's enjoyed over the years. We discuss the latest happenings from the MG Car Club, our photo contest, and the 90th anniversary merchandise that you can get your hands on. Plus, Adam has another artifact from the depths of Kimber House. The MG Car Club Podcast. Hello, I'm Wayne Scott and welcome to another episode of the MG Car Club podcast coming to you in the depths of UK lockdown as the coronavirus situation continues and it's kind of like life behind the pace car at the moment. I'm here and Adam, well he's in his house, aren't you Adam? Are you amongst the washing machine again this time? I am, I'm in the good company of uh, Mr Zanussi, um, he's a great guy, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm back in the utility again. Well, it's been a, quite an eventful day for you Adam. Uh, I don't quite know how to start with this one, really. This is nothing, by the way, guys, to do with MGs at all, but it is very much to do with our current situation. And if you're wondering what all the fuss is about with this coronavirus stuff, and you're wondering, you know, whether you might know someone who has contracted it, well, now you do, because Adam, today, you had to go and get tested, didn't you? Tell us the story. Yeah, I did. So, um, woke up uh, Monday morning, um, bit of a sore throat, um, bit of a cough, nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Um, but my wife is a district nurse looking after vulnerable patients, going into people's homes, keeping people out of hospital uh, wherever possible. So she was at work and I said, look, I've got this, this tickly cough, this sore throat. She rang me and said, how are you feeling? I said, feel fine. Um, did my temperature, my temperature's fine. However... This dry cough is one of the key symptoms of the virus. So Sarah was sent home from work, uh, sent home to coordinate other district nurses. And we had to file some paperwork for me to go and be tested. She's not showing any symptoms, neither of the kids, thankfully. So this morning I had to head over to uh, to the nearest test centre. I had, was told to stay in my car. When I got there, I had a, a special phone number to ring. Uh, I rang that number. They identified me through the window with uh, with Sarah's NHS ID and and my uh, my uh, driving license. And then I had to wait uh, in a special bay for two fully suited clinicians to come over. And I had what sort of is best described as a very long cotton bud put right to the very back of my throat, Ooh. which was. Um, yeah, not pleasant. Ooh. And then that same cotton bud was then put right into the very top of my nose. Oh. Uh, um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I should find out in the next 72 hours whether or not I've got anything wrong with me. Um, well, that might take longer than 72 hours. But, um, but yeah, I'll know in the next 72 hours whether or not I have got the virus. Um, I feel... 98%, 99% myself, it's just this slight tickle of a cough and a little bit of a sore throat. They did warn us that all of us are going to contract it at some point. And, of course, some of us have had it and didn't even know we had it because they didn't... Some people aren't reacting, are they? So I'm sure you'll be all right, Adam. You'll be fine. All you got to do is keep drinking at 2050. You'll be all right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we had uh, very good news from David Whale from the FBHVC last week on the podcast about E10 fuel. So what you need is just a bit of ethanol in you, mate. I think that's the way forward. Yeah, that'll clear the pipes right here. So, well, we do hope that you're feeling all right and that by the time we do next week's podcast, 
it's all a memory and you can come out of isolation and you can tell us that you've survived it and come out the other side but amazing to actually like hear the story of someone who's experienced it and been through it because well we've only ever really seen it on the news so thanks for taking one for the team so we could all find out <laughs> no problem <laughs> see no the problem. lengths we go to to keep people informed here on the mg podcast uh, and uh, that is where you can by the way subscribe to get new episodes automatically mg podcast.uk is where you can find all the buttons you need to subscribe in the podcast directory of your choice we've got itunes up there deezer spotify stitcher the lot so you can get your episodes automatically delivered uh, also ongoing on that website mgpodcast.uk is our photo contest because of the uk lockdown we're all still sat indoors still dying to get our mgs out on the road but we can't so the next best thing that we could do is have something of a kind of virtual car show and there's some amazing pictures coming through already we've had everything from you know those the, the iconic T-types through to ZRs, through to MGBs, midgets, uh, TFs. Um, yeah, there's been all sorts of cars and all sorts of people as well. So, yeah, it's been really cool so far. So do keep those pictures coming. Looking through some of the submissions already, I've got some highlights of my own. The first one is this amazing MGTF pictured at night on Canary Wharf in London. I am loving that picture. And also of the Kimber Classic Trial and they're all underneath the bridge there or some kind of railway viaduct or something and they're all having a little tea party out in the sunshine there's some brilliant pictures uh, do go yeah. have a look photos.mgcarclub.co.uk is the direct address or you can get it from our podcast page mgpodcast.uk and uh, go and join in send us your pictures we want to see pictures from people that have kind of captured the spirit of mg car club life don't we adam definitely i'll tell you what's been missing i don't think we've had any entries yet from anyone with uh, any of the 80s mg so any metro maestro montego um let's get some front wheel drive action in there that's true and where are all the zeds as well there's a zs 120 from you and jeff coat i see that on there but yeah uh michael boozfield has got a nice Z on there as well but there is as far as I can see only two up there so uh, we need to save our Zs and get them involved with our virtual car show so uh, if you've got a Z and you've got an amazing picture do submit it all you got to do by the way is go to mgpodcast.uk you'll see the photo contest button there and just click enter when it opens and there's a really simple form you can fill out and upload your photo to there and then by magic and miracles at some point in the following days not minutes days uh, your picture will <laughs> arrive i don't i think people think it's kind of automatic don't they adam but uh, no we are manually adding these as they come definitely in. what else has been happening then adam in mg car club life obviously all still working remotely but safety fast magazine is still going strong Yep, so the most recent issue of Safety Fast will be with all the members uh, in the last couple of days it will have arrived, and there's some some really good stuff in there this month. Uh, sticking with the Zs, um, there's the story of how the Rover 25 became the MG ZR. Um, Andy's put that one together, so that's a really good read. Um, we've got uh, a feature that I wrote from my most recent trip out to India to go and see the guys from the MG Car Club India. Um, I attended the 21-gun salute uh, Concours, 
uh, in Delhi. That was really cool. There were some amazing cars out there. Um, my favorite, there was a, a YT uh, owned by a guy that's just restored it. It's been in the same family for for, for nearly 50 years. Um, and he's recently restored it. And he's done something like a 1,000 miles since he's restored it. So driven everywhere. Um, it's been to every family wedding. Uh, Darman is the guy that owns it. He's a really lovely guy. And we're going to be doing a, a more uh, in-depth feature on his car and the restoration process in Safety Fast soon. Um, there's a cracking feature from uh, the 1930s uh, covering the trials back in 1937. Um, so trialing has always been right at the heart of, of MG Car Club life. And the club was really based around trials in its early days. So uh, that's a a really good read and sticking with my love of 80s mgs there's a, a mad modified maestro um from a guy called stefan bronkhorst who's over in holland um i think i mean i'm happy to be corrected but i think of all the guys in europe i think the guys that come closest to british sort of passion for mg are probably the dutch they um they've got the disease almost as bad as we have while we continue life behind the pace car as i call it at the moment there are other things that really we do need to get on with mainly and i'm looking at you adam people with children because keeping them occupied under lockdown must be getting a little bit tough now <laughs> it's hard work i mean um my my son james uh if i left him uh, to his own devices he'd quite happily sit uh, with the Xbox for most of the day. He's playing a lot of Forza Horizon at the moment, um, blasting around in normally an MGA or an MGB GT, which both feature in the game. So at least he's got a little bit of taste there, unlike his sister, who has chosen a Fiat 500 for some bizarre reason. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, we've been making up for the lack of motorsport by watching um, on YouTube. We've been watching the Diecast Rally Championship, um, which is absolutely hilarious. It's on a YouTube channel called 3D Bot Maker, and these two guys have built an incredible downhill run for diecast rally cars. Um, so they're Hot Wheels cars. They've got things like Lancia Stratos, uh, Ford Escort, um, and if if you've got kids in the house and you want something that's a bit of fun um i thoroughly recommend the diecast rally championship it's absolutely hilarious it's really good fun well i was also watching some motorsport being streamed um and the top three streams that i found out there to watch good motorsport on uh, the official facebook page for the aco the automobile club de la west who run of course le mans they're streaming old versions of all of the world endurance championship races and some of them featuring andy wallace behind the wheel of the lmp2 mgx power car from back in the yeah, day yeah. they're all on there as well and also i've been quite enjoying the goodwood revival streams that they've been running and also i found this out no if anyone knew this at all but if you're an amazon prime member and you search for mg car club on amazon prime streaming you can watch loads of past championships from the mg race championship they're amazing like all of the races in there as well that's your fix the other thing i'd um, i'd recommend as well which has just arrived on streaming is uh, le mans 66 or ford v ferraris it's also known um any mg fans out there will get a nice eyeful of a couple of mgas early on in the film and of course uh, the, the protagonist ken miles who's played by christian bale um was a was an iconic figure in uh, mg club racing in the states i thought that film was going to be all about carol shelby as it turned out it was kind of more a biopic about ken miles and what a british legend he was 
Yeah, and it, I mean, it, the the film really inspired me. I, I saw it, uh, I saw it in an IMAX, um, and it looked phenomenal. Uh, and I came into work the following day and said to Andy, "Could I do a feature on Ken Miles for Safety First? And Andy said, "Yeah, of course you can, mate. Go for it." So by lunchtime that day, I handed Andy something around two thousand words on Ken Miles and what he'd done uh, for MG and how MG helped Ford beat Ferrari. And um, yeah, just a really inspiring character. I actually ended up talking to the production designer on the film. I sent him the feature um, and had a quite nice back and forth about MG and how they wanted to get more of that into the film. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting. Someone should make a, should make a movie about the um, MG record breakers. Cause that would be just as interesting a story. Absolutely. And there was a very subtle hint for MG fans in that film towards his legendary flying shingle mg which he raced in the sports car club of america races to amazing effect and that was kind of how he made his name in the early days wasn't it absolutely he was a he was a, a very vocal critic of mg's decision to focus on uh, the record breakers as well he felt that mg should have been focusing on uh, circuit racing and endurance racing rather than what he saw uh, were pointless land speed records um, yeah really interesting guy really interesting guy if you want to check out adam's article in safety fast the magazine of the mg car club you can get uh, digital copies of safety fast if you're a member and if you want to become a member, it's really easy to do that. All you've got to do is go to mgcc.co.uk, click the Join Today button, fill out the form, pay your money, and you've got access to everything, haven't you? Absolutely, right from day one. Marvellous. It's all you need to keep the boredom away of the coronavirus lockdown. Join the <laughs> MG Car Club, read Adam's articles, and, of course, you can listen to us here on the podcast as well. And, of course, Adam... We mentioned it in episode one of the podcast. It's very, very important. It's kind of got overshadowed by the fact that all our events have been cancelled at the moment, but it is the 90th anniversary of the MG Car Club. And I managed to catch up with John Day earlier this week, the president of the MG Car Club, to hear all about his memories of the club, the cars he's owned, and some of the differences and changes he's seen in the club over the years. The MG Car Club Podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. Memories from Kimber House with Adam Sloman. About five years ago, a chap visited Kimber House and donated an original design sketch for an MG version of the Morris Marina, or the Austin Marina as it's known in the US. It's a cool glimpse of what could have been, but did you know that one MG Marina was actually produced? BMC and BL had proven themselves quite adept at badge engineering, and there was a need to replace the ADO 16 MG 1100 and MG 1300. The Marina Coupe was considered the ideal base for the car and a prototype was produced by Special Tuning at Abingdon, right next door to the factory works. As per the sketch, the prototype was based on a 1.8 twin-carb coupe. The Special Tuning spoilers front and rear, alloy wheels, Robasto roof and US market bumpers, all with the aim of differentiating the car from the more humble Morris without going outside the vast British-laden parts bin. Inside, the MG had a sports steering wheel, uniquely trimmed seats and doors, and the 1800 was treated to a mild tune to give it a little bit more power than the Morris. Ultimately, BL's bean counters decided that the Morris version of the coupe would do just fine, thank you, 
and the MG version was sold to an Abingdon factory worker soon after. Sharing your passion for MG. This is Member Stories on the MG Car Club podcast. We're joined by MG Car Club royalty on the podcast now. Yes, it's the MG Car Club president, John Day, joining us. Hiya, John. Hi. Hi, Wayne. How are you doing with the whole coronavirus lockdown thing then? Have you got yourself a routine? (laughs) (laughs) It's a terrible frustration for us that like getting out and out. Wind in our hair, isn't it? We've got to be locked indoors and can't even drive our cars, so... (laughs) The ultimate torture for an MG man. It is absolutely. It uh, sort of makes it to the end of the drive and back again at the minute. But uh, <laughs> so, John, let's start off by talking about the fact that you are president of the MG Car Club, and how did you get here, and what does a president do exactly? Big question. Um, yes, I'm. I'm very, very honoured to be uh, to be the president of such a wonderful uh, club that's been in existence for nearly ninety years. Uh, how did I get there? I followed on from a very big name in the MG Car Club, my mentor and great friend, Bill Wallace, who sadly died in uh, 2010. And uh, he'd been president for a very long time. And at the time I was, just before he died, I was chairman of the club. And um, I don't know if, I mean, it's props, some people don't realize, but the, the president's an honorary role in the MG Car Club. The person that does all the work really is the chairman. <laughs> But the, the president is a is a wonderful role because um, you know you're there to support the the chairman of the club. It might only be a metaphorical arm around the shoulder, but um, uh, it, I know when I was chairman, it was wonderful to have Bill Wallace's my predecessor have his wonderful uh, depth of knowledge and experience in the club to fall back on, and he was an encouraging sort of guy. So when he died um, in in t- August 2010. Um, we had a year without a president, and then uh, we set up a committee to uh, find a new president. I was chairman of them, that's what I did. I didn't want to be involved in selecting the person. And they went away for a year and thought about it when they came back and said they'd like me to be president, <laughs> which was a bit of a shock for me. <laughs> but um, nevertheless, a huge honor, and I absolutely adore being president of the club. It's a wonderful club, and it's a wonderful job. Well, you talk about some of the great people that have uh, run the club throughout the years, and it's testament to those people, I guess, that here we are in 2020 celebrating 90 years of the MG Car Club. It's some achievement, isn't it? It is, because it's a, a club's a very strange thing, because you don't have shareholders. It's not the normal thing, but it has to be run in a business-like way. And, and I like to think that the car club is run in an extremely business-like way, but it is a club run for members by members. And I'm a member. At the end of the day, okay, I'm the president, but I'm also a member, and I'm very proud of my club. And the fact that it survived is a testament to the our forebears who have um, really set the club up to succeed. And we've got a the constitution of the club is such that it's robust enough to cope with almost anything that gets thrown at it. And that, that is the secret of its longevity, is that we're well-formed and we're supported by very long-serving members with a lo- lot of experience. So that's a, that's a formula for success, I, I believe. Here we are, you and I, talking on the MG Car Club podcast, which is, of course, a new way of keeping members 
communicating with each other and in touch with the club throughout these unprecedented times. And uh, that's what it's all about within car clubs, isn't it? It's about the people and the relationships that you make. You must have had some great memories of time shared with some of your friends uh, throughout the decades. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my, my first experience of the MG Car Club, I joined when a, a guy visited where I worked. I, he was a guy that came from the quality control world, and uh, he came once a month to inspect the quality of our ministry supplier company. And uh, he suddenly spotted a spinner on my desk, and uh, he said, um, Ah, you're an MG man? I said, yes. He said, ah, oh, yes. He said, uh, what have you got? I said, told him. He said, right, you're obviously a member of the MG Car Club. I said, no, sadly I'm not. And he enrolled me on the spot. and I've never looked back since. <laughs> <laughs> Which is typical of uh, MG Car Club people. They can't understand why anybody would have an MG and not be a member of the car club. <laughs> and uh, it's full of characters like that that um, make, make it such a wonderful club to be a part of. It's meeting those people that you wouldn't have normally met had you just been driving around in your MG on your own, isn't it? That's right. The thing I like to say to people, you know, when when they say, why should I join a car club? I always say to them, well, you know, it's it's called the MG Car Club, but cars don't join clubs. It's people. It's all about the people. The cars are what bring us together, but the club is all about the people and being together and enjoying, uh, in this case, uh, MG cars, but it could be anything. But that's what the car club's so good at, is bringing people together to enjoy their cars. And uh, long may it continue. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's talk about your cars for a minute, because mm. as I said at the beginning there, you have owned an MG from pretty much every era. Let's go through the list. Um, <laughs> you started yeah. vintage, didn't you? You've, got, you've had vintage MGs. Tell us about that. Yes, I, I didn't start with a vintage MG, but I had one. I bought my... A 1929-1880, that's the model number, I bought it in 1996 and I only just recently sold it. But in the 25 years or so that that I had it, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to drive it to uh, 11 different European countries to various MG rallies and holidays, right from the sort of up at the northern tip of Denmark right down to the middle of Italy and right across to Spain and the other other way as far as uh, in, into Germany and Austria. So, you know, it was a much-travelled car and people were staggered to think that, you know, that we, here we were driving sort of 1,000, 1,200 miles or more from home in a, such an old machine. But I never thought of it like that because it was... I'm an engineer and, you know, if it breaks down, I can fix it mostly. So... Um, it, it, you know, it was a, a very capable car because it's got a big engine, two and a half litre, well able to keep up with modern traffic. So we use motorways, and once you can use motorways, you then, you know, as long as the car is reliable and it was, you can bowl along to anywhere the, the, the you fancy. And I had a very good friend. Well, I have a very good friend who's certainly now in a care home with dementia. A very recent thing, it's very sad. But Doug and I and our wives have been in two different. Uh, my 1880 and his 1880 to 11 European countries and it's a wonderful experience because you know we tend to we tended to think of it just as our car but everywhere you pull up <laughs> just about everybody comes they can't believe it they come out of garages and shops and uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a good um, good way to get to, to know people because um, there's, there's something about an old MG that you must be a good sort so people want to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely and uh, of course you have uh, 60s MGs as well. Uh, have you have you done the MGB and the midget? 
Yeah, I've had, well, I've got an MGB at the moment. Um, I've had I had 1932 F-Type Magna, triple M car. I had a um, 1952 TD. I had a 1960 MGA Twin Cam, uh, three Bs through the 60s and 70s, an MGC 1969, uh, 1959 um, ZB Magnet, um, had the 1880 we talked about um, modern, modern, more modern cars. I had um, a modern TF which I bought new in 2004, and I had a ZT uh, 2004. So uh, it covers more or less everything up until the, the the current cars, which I haven't had one of those. But um, that's that's not by choice. That's just how it's, you know, just don't need one at the moment. But um, yes, I'm very lucky to have experienced uh, all of MG from. Um, uh, Oxford, because that's where they started. Not everybody talks about Abingdon, and of course, proper MGs were made at Oxford, <laughs> 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 and uh, uh, right through uh, Abingdon uh, products, uh, then through Longbridge uh, to to the to the last ones. I mean, I'm not going to ask you what your favourite one was because I'm pretty sure it's like children; you can't choose one. But is there a particular car that you look back on and really wish you hadn't sold? I'm not. A, I'm a big user of cars. I don't. I don't have them just to, some, some people just like to have them, don't they, polish them and don't use them. But I like to use my cars. And because all of them have been used in lots of different, for lots of sort of events and lots of different countries, I have so many memories. It's got to be the 1880 because it's such an unusual car. It's only one of 30 that survived in the world. Um, anywhere you went with, and there were two of them, wherever we went there were the two of us, two 1929 1880s are always going to ca- cause a stir in the MG world because... <laughs> Especially abroad, most people have never seen one. I had an MG Midget quite, quite not relatively recently. Um, my friend had a Midget for years and years, and he has still got it. And every time I went out with him, I kept saying to him, why have I never had a Midget? And he eventually one day said, oh, for goodness sake, why don't you just go and buy one? So I did. I got an absolutely gorgeous uh, 69 Midget in a, a dark blue, which was in lovely condition. And uh, I, yeah, I defy anybody. It, the MG Midget sums up what MG is all about. It's it's small, very, very sporty, lots of fun, and you cannot drive it without smiling. <laughs> it's one of those cars. So I suppose I've always had a very soft spot for for midgets and, and my one in particular. Well, your, your list of cars that you've owned and all those different eras of MG, they're very representative of the broad spectrum of tastes and interests that are in the MG Car Club as well. One of the great yes. things is, of course, that because the MG Car Club has had such a um, close relationship with the manufacturer, which exists to this day, of course, with the uh, uh, Chinese uh, manufacturers of MG uh, in current times, it's a real yes. nice opportunity to educate those that are new coming into MGs with where those cars came from, isn't it? One of the lessons that we've learned as we've grown uh, older as a club is that your mistakes in the past have been to say that you know the present offering of whatever that is is not a proper mg and i i certainly don't subscribe to that never have but there are some people that say you know the cars that made in longridge aren't proper mgs cars that now they're saying perhaps that cars that made in china are not proper mgs but we have a very simple way of answering that we say if it's got an mg badge on it it's an mg it's just that it comes from a different era and i was invited at the one of the um uh, inaugural meetings of the 635 register that's to cover MG6, MG3s and they were going to have 5s but anyway 635 register um, 
I was one evening. I went down. and They said to me, "Oh, would you would you come along and just have a word with them?" You know, so I went along. And mostly, they were very young, relatively very young people with with babies and uh, and so on. And I'm sitting there, and um, uh, somebody said, "Well, what are you going to say?" So I stood up and I said, I, I looked all around the room and I said, "How many of you here?" I've been asked if it's a proper MG, and they all looked a bit. Uh, one was looking at another. Eventually, one hand went up. Before long, they'd all got their hands up, and I said, "Right, I've got the perfect answer for you for this." I said, "When somebody says to you, is that a proper MG? Because it's not made in Abingdon. What you say to them is, the only person with a proper MG is the president, because he drives around in an 1880, and they were all proper MGs were made in Oxford. Never mind this Johnny come lately, Abingdon." <laughs> <laughs> And I had people come up to me, you know, they see me at a show and said, I remember you, you came to talk to us when I was the first meeting of the 635 register. I've used that thing loads of times when people said, is it a proper MG? I said, no, no, John Day's got the only proper MG. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, one of the things you've been very actively involved with is the encouragement of the young members register within the MG Car Club as well, which is a new thing. And it just helps to get new generations, younger people into the mark as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yes, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's, it's one of... I, the greatest joy in the recent years is to see the well first of all the wish to have a young members uh, branch and then uh, talk about it then finding some people to get it started and it's now really going very well indeed because generally younger people don't don't join clubs they they don't see the point in them they do everything they want to do online and um, you know, even arrange events and uh, just a few people to go. So it, it's an uphill struggle at first to encourage people. But once they get it, um, get, get understand what we're about and that we're not going to be looking down our noses at them just because they, they're young people. On the contrary, we, they are the future, aren't they? And if we don't encourage them, we won't have a, a car club at all. We'll hopefully speak to Ewan and his gang on the podcast uh, in future time. So uh, we'll look forward to getting them on a future episode of the MG Car Club podcast. Uh, yeah. John, it's been brilliant hearing about your your memories uh, through the years about the uh, MG Car Club and the, some of the cars that you've owned. When you look back at the years, what do you think has been the biggest change you've seen over the years from when you first joined? When I first joined, the the average member and uh, attending the average event was very parochial about their own just about their own little bit and if and i think we where we are today is we're much more open and much more encouraging of whoever's just because you've got a, a one model of mg doesn't make you any better as person than anybody else so i think we've we've seen this change where um if we are going um going out to try and tell people that if, if you've got an MG you are really you have a special car and you can join this special club which is really a lot of fun and, and it's going to be it's not it's not um, it's not just joining a club it's it's, it's a, you're buying into a lifestyle and I think that's I think that change has happened in, certainly in the time that I've been involved in it. Perhaps it's me getting older, but <laughs> but I don't think so. I think it is a genuine change. People, and there is a, and I love it to see, you know, a young person will come along, especially if it's a young lady, got an, an older MG, and seeing the older guard of the club come along and talk to them and realise that not only has this young lady, it's her car, but she's possibly restored it herself. Um, 
you know, so there's two ticks there. It's a young person and it's a, it's a, it's a lady. That has definitely happened in the last 10 years. Well, John, it sounds like the future is bright as we look ahead, uh, despite what's happening in the world around us in the 90th year of the MG Car Club. And uh, yes. it's great to have uh, this a way of sharing passion and creating amazing friendships from it as well. So, uh, John Day, yes. president of the MG Car Club, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for the invitation, Wayne. The MG Car Club podcast. Safety Fast, the magazine of the MG Car Club. Get your copy now by joining us at mgcc.co.uk. Those looking for some 90th anniversary stuff shouldn't miss out on the grill badges, should they? No, definitely. We've got a a special limited edition uh, grill badge this year to celebrate the 90th i've got mine um i must admit i haven't fitted it to my bgt yet because it's uh, tucked up in the garage but um as soon as i can i will have you uh, have you got yours yet wayne i have yes mine's uh, looking splendid at the moment sat on my desk actually Good man. uh but uh it's, it's one of those things isn't it with things like this collectible things like this there's part of you wants to put it on the car to show off to everyone that you've got it and then part of you wants to keep it on the desk at home or like in the trophy cabinet because i have one of those <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just like kind of keep it nice and because it's collectible and it's never going to have another 90th anniversary it's i'm torn adam to be honest i'm well, torn there's, there's there's an easy solution to that mate what's that buy two of course <laughs> we should be salesmen exactly <laughs> Inika, uh, our shop manager, does an amazing job with the shop and uh, she's ordered some really nice bits to celebrate the 90th. So, so you can still get your shop orders in with us. Um, please remember the club's not Amazon, so it does take a little while to process things, but um, we do still have people going in and, and processing orders. So yeah, we are still open for business and that applies for new members, renewals, all sorts of things like that. Brilliant stuff. And I better let you go, Adam, because you've got articles to write for Safety Fast magazine. I uh, understand you're working on something quite cool for the May issue at the moment. Yeah, so I'm I'm doing a piece on the ADO 16, MG11 and uh, 1300. Uh, it's a car I've always wanted. I had an Austin 1300 um, a few years back that I had to sell uh, when I relocated to come and work for the car club. Um, but I keep looking at 11 and 1300s and I keep thinking how can I get one past Sarah without her A, either divorcing me or B, demanding I sell one of the other MGs? So um, if anyone's got any solutions for um, how to hide uh, an MG11 or 1300, please do send them my way. Well, they can also give it to me, Adam, and I'll look after it for you. <laughs> Mind you, finding one's hard enough. They're not exactly common, are they? Yeah, they are They are so rare. I mean, so many of them disappeared because they either rotted out or people bought them because they wanted cheap power for a Mini. Um, you know, that, that 1300 um, obviously wasn't the same as a Cooper S, but it gave you pretty pretty similar power figures. So if you found a, a cheap, rotten 1300 or even cheap, rotten 1100, you could, you know, rip that A-series out and drop it straight into a Mini without too much trouble. Well, don't forget to subscribe to receive new episodes of this podcast automatically via mgpodcast.uk. And of course, if you want to join the MG Car Club, come and join in with all this fun that we have, mgcc.co.uk. Click the Join Today button on there. And me and Adam, well, we'll be back in a week's time with more of your members' stories, more of the interviews and more of what's been going on in our life. And hopefully Adam will be out of quarantine and coronavirus-free. So for me... (laughs) 
Cheerio. Goodbye, guys. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk.